Hello and welcome to another edition of the Red Sox Nation, the Illinois Charter Podcast. I'm your host, Tom O'Shea. Episode 61. <sighs> okay. Alright. I'm ready to throw, I'm ready to throw up the white flag. I am. <sighs> we have now reached the breaking point in this season. Red Sox get swept in a three-game series with the Toronto Blue Jays at home at Fenway on Jimmy Fun Week. And, yeah. And tonight's game was god-awful because they didn't get blown out. They just they had chances to win, and they just decided, you know what, let's just not do it. Let's not score here. We'll get into that in a little bit. All right. First, all right. <clears throat> Let's talk about game one. All right. <coughs> All right. So anyway, Josh Winkowski. Um, so yeah, so he just didn't have his stuff once again in the oh wait, hold on, we're on the wrong game. Yeah, here we are, Tuesdays. Tuesday score. So all right. So yeah, Josh Winkowski just didn't have his stuff. Offense didn't really have his stuff either. Well, they did score nine runs, but are not nine runs up. Uh, Nine hits, but still three runs out of that. But still, you know, Winkowski just didn't have his stuff. Just got shelled again, especially in the third inning. Well, most of it was kind of from Austin Davis, too. But, yeah, a lot of it had to do with uh, Win- Winkowski, too. But in the end, Red Sox ended up losing this game 9-3. to They fall to 60-63 and uh, 63 on a two-game losing streak. And, fall and uh yeah. So they're three games below 500. Let's get this over with. All right. Let's get it going. All right. All right. So the Red Sox by scores leading off and playing left field. Tommy Pham, 0 for 2. No runs, no RBIs, no walks. A struck out zero times. And then substituting for him because he left with an injury, uh, back or uh, hip problems and stuff like that. So uh, he left the game and uh, Rob Schneider came in and substituted for him in the lineup and played right field. He went one for free. No runs, no RBIs, no walks, and he struck out two times. All right. All right. Then batting second and playing left or right field and left field, Alex Verdugo, 0 for 5, no runs, no RBIs, no walks, and he struck out two of those five at-bats. Batting third and playing uh, third base is uh, – or batting third and playing uh, shortstop is uh, Xander Bogarts, 0 for 2, no runs, no RBIs, one walk, and he struck out zero times. At least five. I can't believe I said he played third base. Well, at one point he did play third base. Yeah, at least in 2014 he did. Anyway, uh, this is how bad of an episode we're going to have if we're already starting to, yeah. I don't know. <coughs> Sorry, I'm kind of dealing with a head cold, too. If I'm sniffing and, like, coughing a little bit, too, it's just, yeah. All right. Then substituting for him and playing first base with Bobby Dahlback, 0 for 1. No runs, no RBIs, one walk, and he does strike out that one at bat, that actual one at bat, because, yeah, as I said, he did go up two times, but one of them was a walk. All right. Batting fourth and playing third base, Rafael Devers, three for four. At least he had a good night. Zero runs, one RBI, zero walks, and he does strike out once. All right. Batting fifth and playing DH, J.D. Martinez, one for four, zero runs, zero RBIs, zero walks, and he strikes out zero times. And then substituting him and playing pitcher, um, sorta, is uh, Reese McGuire, 
0 for 1, no no runs, no RBIs, no walks, and he struck that zero times. All right. Supposedly, yeah. All right. <coughs> All right. Batting uh batting six and playing second base. Uh Christian Arroyo, one for four, no runs, no RBIs, no walks, and he strikes out zero times. All right. And then uh batting seventh and playing center field and the shortstop is Kike Hernandez, one for four, no runs, one RBI, zero walks, and he does strike out twice. All right, and then uh batting eighth and playing first base in center field, Farachi Cordero, 0 for three, one run, zero RBIs, one walk, and he does strike out three times. Right, or three of those three at bats. So basically, all three of those at bats, sort of, because one of the one of the at bats was a walk, and that doesn't count. All right, then batting ninth and playing catcher, uh, Kevin Puecki, two for free, so he had a pretty good night. Also, one run, zero RBIs, one walk, and he strikes out zero times. All right, then just only just just a just a double by Arroyo, and then just a couple of RBIs, uh, one from Devers, and then one from Kike, and that's about it. All right, Boston pitching. Here we go. All right, let me. See. All right. All right. Bat or uh, Boston pitching. So Winkowski gets the start and pitches two point two innings and also gets the loss. So he's now five and seven right now for the year. Gave up six hits, surrendered six runs. All six of them were earned. Okay, so apparently he did give up six of those nine runs. Okay, never mind. He did have a pretty shitty night. All right, walked two people, struck out two, gave up zero home runs, and left the game with a 5.83 ERA. All right, Austin Davis, he came in and pitched uh, 2.1 innings, gave up four hits, surrendered two runs, all two of them are earned, walked two people, struck out one, gave up zero home runs, and left the game with a 5.33 ERA. Jerry's Familia, he came in and pitched an inning. No hits, no runs, no earned runs. Walked nobody, punched out two, gave up zero home runs, and left the game with a 5.79 ERA. At least for that. <clears throat> Hero Kowser Salmora, he came in and pitched an inning. Two hits, he did give up a run, and that one run is earned. Walked a person, struck out nobody, gave up zero home runs, and left the game with a 3.33 ERA. Ryan Brazier, he came in and pitched an inning. Did give up a hit but did not surrender a run, and obviously that run run was not earned, obviously. Um, walked nobody, punched out two, gave up zero home runs, and left the game with a 5.85 ERA. All right, Reese McGuire, he came in and pitched an inning. No hits, no runs, no earned runs. Walked nobody, struck out nobody, gave up zero home runs, and left the game with a 0.00 ERA. <coughs> All right. Right. Toronto. All right. So the Blue Jays box scores. Here we go. So leading off and DHing was George Springer. Um, went two for five. So a pretty good night from him. No runs, three RBIs, zero walks, and he strikes out zero times. All right. Batting second and playing first base, the son of a uh, Hall of Famer, Vlad Guerrero. Uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. He goes two for five. So a pretty good night from him also. No runs, no RBIs, no walks, and he strikes out zero times. All right. Batting or uh, batting uh, third and playing left field, the brother of Yuri Guriel or Yuri Guriel, Loris Guriel Jr. He went one for five, one run, one RBI, zero walks, and he strikes out zero times. All right, batting fourth and playing uh, catcher is uh, Alejandro Kirk. He went zero for three. He does score a run though, no RBIs, two walks, and he does strike out two of those three at bats. 
All right. Batting fifth and playing right field, Teoscar Hernandez, uh, one for five, one run, one RBI, zero walks, and he strikes out twice. All right. Batting sixth and playing uh, shortstop, the son of former Red Sox player Dante Bichette, Bo Bichette. He goes two for five, so a pretty good night from him. Two runs, zero RBIs, zero walks, and he does strike out once. All right. <coughs> All right. Batting seventh and playing third base, Matt Chapman, two for four. Uh, one run, one RBI, one walk, and he strikes out zero times. So pretty good night from him. Yeah. May Chapman. Chappy. All right. Okay, then batting eighth and playing second base, the son of Hall of Famer, Craig Biggio, Kevin Biggio. He goes out one for four, one run, two RBIs, zero walks, and he does strike out twice. All right. And then Loku's back, former Red Sox uh, center fielder, batting ninth and playing center field for the Red Sox, Jackie Bradley Jr., two for free, so pretty good night from him. And I wait, Jackie. Uh, two runs, one RBI, one walk, and he strikes out zero times. That does sound wrong now that we're just, yeah. I don't know. I still have a little bit of a heart for Jackie now. Yeah, I still have. Yeah. Once a Red Sox, always a Red Sox. All right. <coughs> All right. Then only a couple doubles, uh, two from uh, Vladdy, uh, one from JBJ, uh, one from uh, Guriel Jr., and then one from uh, Bouchette. Then a triple by Matt Chapman, and also one by uh, George Springer, too. Then RBIs, uh, two from uh, BGO, one from uh, JBJ, one from Chapman, one from Guriel, and then uh, one from Hernandez, and then uh, three from Springer. <clears throat> All right. Toronto pitching, here we go. All right, getting the start of this one and pitching uh, six innings and getting the win to six and three. A guy I do respect is uh, Ross Stripling. Uh, gave up six hits, surrendered a run, and that one run was earned. Walked one person, struck out six, gave up zero home runs, and left the game with a 2.84 ERA. You say Kikuchi, he came in and pitched 0.2 innings. No hits, but a run, and that one run was earned. Walked three people, struck out one, gave up zero home runs, and left the game with a 5.25 ERA. Right. Deba Phelps, he came in and pitched two innings. Three hits, a run, and that run was earned. Walked nobody, struck out four, gave up zero home runs, and left the game with a 2.50 ERA. Right. Then Trevor Richards, he came in and pitched 0.1 innings. No hits, no runs, no earned runs. Walked nobody, struck out nobody, gave up zero home runs, and left the game with a 4.91 ERA. So basically, he just was just in for just one out. Yeah. <coughs> All right. Scoring summary. All right. So nothing up until the bottom of the second inning. And then Red Sox, they get on the board first as Kike, he singles in the center field to score. Christian Royal, one nothing Red Sox. But then that would be about it. And then... Blue Jays, they strike back. Top of the third, this is where they really had the hit parade. Yeah. Loris Goriel Jr., he doubles into right field to score Jackie Bradley Jr. Tied ball game 1-1. Then 2-1 Toronto as Teoscar Hernandez, he singles in the center field to score Loris Goriel Jr. And then 3-1, a walk-in run by Matt Chapman scores Alejandro Kurt. And then a single by Kevin Bijo in the center field to score Teoscar Hernandez and Bo Bichette. Five to one, Blue Jays lead. And then a triple by George Springer that basically cleared the bases 
in that he hits in the right field to score uh, Matt Chapman, Kevin Biggio, and Jackie Bradley Jr. Eight to one Blue Jays at this point, and I was thinking, well, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but yeah, I was thinking, yeah, hope not. All right. Then the top of the seventh inning, Jackie Bradley Jr., he singles off his old club in the center field to score Bo Bichette, 9-1, Blue Jays lead. But the Red Sox weren't kind of done yet. I mean, they were kind of out of it at that point, but they did score a few more runs in the bottom of the seventh inning. A ground out, well, actually forced ground out um, by two of the first baseman, Matt Shaman, to the second baseman, Cash Biggio, scores uh, Franchi Cordero, 9-2, Blue Jays lead, but by seven at this point. And then Rafael Devers, he singles into right field to score uh, Kemba Puecki, 9-3. Blue Jays lead at this point, six runs. But that's where your final score would stand in the bottom of the night. Yeah. And, I, and let's go to the third inning. So when they started scoring that run or having that sort of hit parade kind of deal, I thought to myself, here we go again. That Friday night in July, basically where they basically scored 28 runs. I thought, oh, my God, we're going to do another repeat of this. Yeah, except this time we're probably going to give up like 29 runs. Probably might break. I mean, seriously, I mean, knowing this season, it could honestly be done. We could do it again. I feel like, and I thought with this team too, this would be the perfect candidate to have that done against. Or, well, I mean, have them do it against us. I mean, seriously, with their offense – Murderers Row, that's a real Murderers Row right there. The Toronto Blue Jays, at least against us. And how many runs have they scored? I think it was like 96 to 40 something. I think that's why I did here on the radio broadcast. <coughs> so, yeah. So, they've been just outscoring us. Like, I think, like, it's. It's now probably thirteen to three or thirteen and three at this point in the season record. They pro- yeah, they said too that they pretty much won the season uh, series against us. This sucks, it really does. With Kelsey, I feel like I feel like since he um, pitched against Chicago and basically said that stuff, I feel like he has not been the same pitcher since then. There have been times where he has kind of figured it out or like started to pitch really good, but then. They were dumb, or they were basically didn't last that long. And now we're back to the same Winkowski before, after he said that, made that combat Wrigley Field, where he's just not been the same starter. And that really stinks because I feel like this guy should be the future. And I feel like since we made the Bennett Tendy trade and stuff like that, I feel like this trade has to work out. He didn't come from the Royals, he did come from the Mets, but that was part of the deal or the piece that the Mets gave us and stuff like that. Uh, the Royals did give us Franchi Cordero. I mean, and now how that working out too? I mean, seriously, seriously, the guy can't play first base to save his damn life. I'm sorry to say that about Franchi, but this is why we did go after and get Eric Hosmer because Eric Hosmer does play first base. Oh, by the way, news, more injury news. It looks like, it looks like, all right, we got a lot of injury news too. Yeah. Oh, this is the wrong thing. All right, here, track next. All right. All right. So it was before Tuesday's game, it was announced that Eric Hosmer will be placed on the 10-day IL with or uh, with lower back inflation. I don't know if that's going to be for the rest of the year. I don't know how long he'll be out. I hope it's not for long because we really do need him in the lineup. 
I mean, I know he's kind of haven't really somewhat produced in a way like we've been wanting, but still, I mean, we need someone, especially someone who could play first base in the lineup. And then the worst news. It looks like Evaldi will be placed on the 15-day IL um, with right shoulder inflation. So we got two people now down now. At least two people added to the injury or injury in an IL. This just is just a nutshell of the 2022 Red Sox. We're not that talented, and we always get injured a lot. And that's kind of the thing why we're not talented, too. It's just that every, well, most of our star players are getting hurt. Evaldi's getting hurt. Hosmer's getting hurt. Chris Sale getting hurt. And James Paxson, which we'll get into that in a little bit, too. Tanner Houck's out. Just, I just don't understand it. I just don't. And that's why I kind of like at after that game, and you probably saw this on Twitter, too. I did put a tweet, something like saying, like, you know what? We're just going to move on to 2023. I mean, seriously, at this point, I'm still going to watch the games. I'm still going to, like, list or at least listen to games and stuff like that. And, like, because, yeah, we still got to do it because of the podcast and stuff like that. I mean, we can't just just not stop watching games and uh, listen to games, too. But, I mean, mentally, I'm just – I'm done with 2022, and I just, just want to get through – this month and September and a little bit of October and just well October because there are some games that we still got to make up especially because of the lockout but still um yeah but anyway I mean that for and then after that I just want to not think about Red Sox baseball until like 2023 kind of like Bill Belichick said as uh we're on the Cincinnati we're on the 2023 and speaking about 2023 we will talk about something later on in the episode it looks like uh Wednesday some news had came came out about 2023 that we might all be anticipating about, or at least get excited about. It looks like the MLB has released their 2023 schedules for all 30 teams, including the Red Sox. That's us. Um, so yeah, so but we'll talk about that later on the show. But first, we're gonna go to break and then wrap it up with uh, wrap up the series with game two and three. The go over, as I said, the schedule, um, and then. Do what's up on the farm, and then, and or regular season standings, and postseason standings, Red Sox stat leaders, fantasy baseball update, and then wrap it up with a serious look ahead to the Tampa Bay Rays series as they come in the town, and another tough series, and then final thoughts. Yeah. All right, game. <coughs> Ugh. Man. <coughs> Ugh. Sorry about that. All right. All right, anyway, all right, game two, not a big blowout. I mean, both teams were kind of, like, basically going back and forth, especially in the early part of the game, like, second through a fifth inning, and nothing going on until close to the end of the game, and then the game went extra innings, but, excuse me, as obvious, Blue Jays find a way to win. Uh, they take the lead in the 10th inning, and we just don't answer back. We lose in 10 innings, 3-2. to two. We fall to 60-64 and 64, and on a three-game losing streak at this point. On a very couple two days for the Jimmy Fund. 
least they did raise some money. Like I think uh, last time I saw it was like they almost they reached like three million in uh, donations. So that's pretty good. We'll talk about that in a little bit too. Yeah. So anyway, all right. Let's get into the box scores. All right. Red Sox box scores leading off and playing right field in an injury banged up lineup because we did have a lot of guys leaving the game because of injuries. Uh, Bogarts left last night and then uh, Royal didn't leave last night. He did get a little bit banged up. But anyway, so here we are leading off and playing uh, right field. Rob Refschneider, 0 for 5, no runs, no RBIs, no walks. And he does punch out two of those five at bats. All right. Lead or a bad second and playing left field. Alex Verdugo, two for five, no runs, no RBIs, no walks, and he does strike out once. Batting third and playing DH, JD Martinez, one for five, no runs, no RBIs, no walks, and he does strike out twice. All right. Batting fourth and playing third base, Rafael Devers, one for four, no runs, no RBIs, no walk, or one walk, and he does strike out zero times. All right, and then, uh, <coughs> and then uh, batting fifth and playing second base, Kike Hernandez, 0 for 4. Does score a run, though, but no RBIs, does walk once, and he does punch out three of those four bats. Sort of figuratively bats. All right, then uh, batting sixth and playing uh, first base, Ferranchi Cordero, two for free, so pretty good night from him. One run, two RBIs, one walk, and he does strike out zero times, or strikes out zero times. And here's a novelty. Batting seventh and playing shortstop. Is it Bogarts? Is it uh, Jeter Downs? Oh, no, no. Jeter Downs is not on the active roster. Arroyo? No. It's Bobby Dahlback. Yeah, basically the tallest shortstop I have ever seen. <coughs> and, yeah, strongest shortstop I've ever seen. Yeah, Bobby Dahlback. At least he played well. At least I will say that. All right. But he does go over free in... Um, offense, no runs, no RBIs, one walk, and he does punch out three of those two or three or two of those three at bats. <clears throat> All right, and then batting uh, eighth and playing catcher, Reese McGuire, two for four, no runs, no RBIs, no walks, and he strikes out zero times. So, a pretty good night from him. I should say that too. Uh, Verdugo had a pretty good night too, two for fives. I mean, that's pretty good. Forgot to mention that. Then playing center field and batting ninth. Jaron Durant, one for four, no runs, no RBIs, no walks, and he strikes out super times. All right. So basically just a double by Durant and then a home run by Franchi Cordero, his sixth home run of the year. Second inning off of uh, Jose Barrios with one on and nobody out. Um, then as a uh, RBIs, just two from Cordero, and that's about it. Right. Here's a novelty. Dahlback to Hernandez. To uh, oh yeah, it's all go yeah. back to Hernandez to Cordero. Yeah, awesome double play. I just was looking at that right now. All right, Boston pitching. Here we go. So, getting the start of this one and pitching five innings is Brian Bayo. He does give up six hits, he does surrender two runs. Two of them are earned. Uh, walked a person, does punch out seven, gives up zero home runs. And leaves the game with a 7.36 area. All right, so maybe not a bad start. But, I mean, he could have done better, but still. I mean, at least for the other few starts that he did, I mean, this is a little bit better. A little bit better. All right. Matt Barnes, he came in and pitched the inning. Gave up two hits, but did not surrender a run. And obviously none of them were earned. Walked nobody. Struck out one. Gave up zero home runs. And left the game with a 6.04 ERA. 
Garrett Whitlock, he came in and pitched uh, two innings. No, or uh, did give up a hit, but he did not surrender a run, and obviously none of them were earned. Uh, walked nobody, struck out two, gave up zero home runs, and left the game with a 2.94 ERA. All right, John Schreiber, he came in and pitched uh, an inning. No hits, no runs, no earned runs. Uh, walked nobody, struck out one, gave up zero home runs, <coughs> and left the game with a 2.34 ERA. All right, Ryan Brazier, he came in and pitched an inning and got the loss, too, so he's now 0-3 for the season. Gave up a hit and did surrender a run, but luckily that run was not earned because that was a ghost runner on for, or on second, and that run does not count. Um Walks nobody, strikes out nobody, strikes out nobody, gives up zero home runs, and leaves the game with a five point three seventy or five point seventy three ERA. Blue Jays box scores. Here we go. Leading off and playing DH, uh, George Springer, three for five, so pretty good night from him. One run, one RBI, zero walks, and he does strike out once. All right. Then batting uh, first or batting second and playing first base, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. One for four, no runs, one RBI, one walk, and he does strike out once. All right, batting uh, or batting third and playing left field is a uh, or uh, is a uh, Lourdes Goriel Jr. One for five, no runs, no RBI, zero walks, and he does strike out zero times. <coughs> All right, batting fourth and playing a uh, center field or uh, playing catcher is a. Uh, Alejandro Kurt, three for five, is a pretty good night for him. Zero runs, one RBI, zero walks, and he strikes out zero times. Batting fifth and playing right field, Teoscar Hernandez, 0 for four, and all four of those at bats were strikeouts. Yep, the hat trick or something like that. Yeah. Golden Sombrero. Yep. <laughs> all right, batting six and playing shortstop, Bo Bichette, one for four. No runs, no RBIs, no walks, and he does strike out twice. Batting for, or batting seventh and playing third base, uh, Matt Chapman, 0 for 4. No runs, no RBIs, no walks, and he does strike out two of those four bats. All right. Then batting uh, eighth and playing second base, Whit Merrifield, 1 for 4. One run, zero RBIs, zero walks, and he does strike out zero times. And then batting uh, ninth and playing center field, Jackie Bradley Jr., 0 for 4. One run. He does score a run, though, but no RBIs, no walks, and he does strike out one of those four bats. Then, as I said, just a double from uh, Springer, and then just RBIs, just one from Guerrero, one from Alejandro Kurt, then uh, one from George Springer, too. All right. And then our Toronto pitching, here we go. So, getting the start on this one and pitching six innings is Jose Barrios. Gives up five hits, surrenders two runs, all two of them are earned. Walks one person, strikes out six, gives up a home run, and leaves the game with a 5.28 ERA. Yemi Garcia, he came in and pitched an inning. He does give up a hit, and he does, but he doesn't surrender a run, and obviously none of them are earned. Uh, walks one person, strikes out one, gives up zero home runs, and leaves the game with a 2.68 ERA. Tim Meza, he came in and pitched 0.1 innings. Gives up two hits, does surrenders, but does not surrenders any runs, and none of them were earned, obviously. Uh, walks nobody, strikes out nobody, gives up zero home runs, and leaves the game with a 2.86 ERA. Anthony Bass, he came in, he comes in, he he came in and pitched 0.2 innings. No hits, no runs, no earned runs. Walked a person, struck out two, gave up zero home runs, 
and left the game with a 1.34 ERA. Adam Simmer or Adam Simmer he, Simber, he came in and pitched one inning and got the win, so he's now 10 and 5 for the year. Uh, does give up a hit, but does not surrender a run, and obviously none of them were earned. Walks nobody, strikes out nobody, gives up zero home runs, and leaves the game with a 3.21 ERA. Jordan Romano, he comes in and pitches an inning and gets to save his 27th of the year. Wow, that's a lot. All right. Is that league leading? I wonder. All right. We'll probably look that up when. Uh, all right. Anyway, um, no, but no hit. But uh, he gave up zero hits, surrendered zero runs. None of them were earned. Walks a person, strikes out one, gives up zero home runs, and leaves the game with a 2.35 ERA. He is the same age as me, Romano. I think he is. All right, so to begin with, Red Sox get on the board first as Franchi Cordero. He goes yard into the monster seats as he hits a two-run home run to score himself. And Kike Hernandez, 2-0 Red Sox lead. But it didn't last long. Alejandro Kurt, he basically hits a single in the left field in the top of the fourth inning to score. Uh, George Springer to make it a 2-1 Red Sox lead. Up by one, but then after that, in the top of the fifth, Vlad Guerrero Jr. he singles in the right field to score with Merrifield tie ball game two two, and that would be the way that would be till top of the tenth. We go into extra innings. George Springer leads it off with a double, a basis clearing double to score JBJ three to two Blue Jays lead. That's where your final score would stand. <sighs> At least for, I mean, at least for that, I mean, as I said, Brian Bayo did do a little bit of a better job. He did punch out seven, so that was at least a positive there. Uh, Franchi did hit a home run. That's a positive, too, but still, I mean, just not a lot going on. Just our bullpen just couldn't really hold on. I mean, well, I mean, well, our bullpen did its job until Frazier came in in the 10th inning, but still, I mean, at that point, I mean, we were probably, I feel like we were probably going to lose this game in extra innings anyway, but yeah. Yeah, just offense doesn't really do much in this game. Um, nine hits, but I mean, 19 hits in total, but still for both sides, but it's not a great game. <clears throat> I mean, I wasn't really hurt about this game. At this point, I was already ready to throw up a life like a surrender for this year, but I mean, at this point, I mean, we should have at least scored, especially if this is the game we were supposed to win, or is this a, if there was one game we were supposed to win this uh, series, this would be the one because um, Ross Stripling was doing pretty well so far, and he did really well. Um, you had, or then uh, Barrios was not doing good this year, and he usually does not do good against the Red Sox. So at least for that, at least, and he was on the mound in this game, so you should have attacked him early, which they kind of did, and then kind of just fell apart after uh, the second inning. Afterwards, I mean, that's about it. That, I mean, that was the only real offense in that game for the Red Sox was just. A two-run home run by Franchi, and that's about it. Yeah. So, yeah. And, yeah, just – I don't know. <clears throat> I will say this about this game. It was good to see JBJ again. And it was really good. I should have said this earlier in the Game 1 segment that we did. I did say they did in Game 1 – did do a tribute tribute to him and basically, like, gave him a salute and standing ovation and stuff like that. And that, and that was pretty neat. And they did a tribute video for him and, like, basically showed his career highlight, cl- 
career highlights as he was with the Red Sox and stuff like that. That was pretty neat. A nice gesture to someone who I feel like will always be a Red Sox no matter what. Yeah. Pretty neat. And it was kind of great too, nice for the Jimmy Fund too. As I said, they raised $2 million. All 50 states, including Illinois, had people that donated money to the Jimmy Fund. Stuff like that. It was pretty neat. They, di- they didn't really reach their goal, but I, I'm not sure if they reached their goal or not, but I did hear they did reach like $3 million, and that was pretty neat. Yeah. And during the, I was listening to the radio broadcast those uh, two games, and to hear some of the stories of some of these cancer patients and stuff like that, it, it was just really neat. I mean, seriously, a lot of them were sad too, but a lot of them were basically yet yeah, were still like kind of a little bit upbeat uh, too and like and stuff like that and like, there was like a little girl too who like was battling cancer too, and like she was just still still like as in, um, this isn't going to get me down. I'm still happy and joyful and stuff like that. And like she was like, uh, the radio broadcast, uh, Joe, Will, and or uh, Sean were basically uh, um, talking to her like, yeah, like it's really nice, like really getting into a conversation with her. It was pretty neat. Like it was, yeah. She's like, that is the one thing bad about cancer. That's going after little kids like that. Little kids should not be dealing with that kind of stuff, cancer and stuff like that. They should be out playing and stuff like that and laughing and playing. Not having to be stuck in a hospital bed. Just trying to fight for their lives kind of deal. And that is kind of the one thing about the Jimmy Fund that really is great. They're helping to try to end that, especially with kids like that. And Ted Woods was really great about uh getting that uh started too yeah like as much as you want like history wants to bash ted williams and stuff like that say how he was not a great dude that he'll be around and stuff like that he wasn't great with the fans um he he battled with the media in boston and stuff like that and uh he wasn't a great father who's to his children but at least for that at least the jimmy fund at least he was a stand-up person like basically and he felt the same reason too especially going to one of the hospitals um, the Dana Farber and stuff like that. He like was really mad and basically just looked up in the sky and said, "Like, how can you do this?" I and mean, stuff like that. And, like he really got involved. And, like, how can little kids be, yeah, stuck in a hospital room trying to fight for their lives and stuff like that? Yeah. And it was really um um in the first night too. We were waiting for the del- or rain delay. Um, Sean McDonough really gave a really hard, heartfelt speech. Um, and urge people to donate in uh, Jerry Remy's memory, especially for Jerry Remy, who basically we lost this past offseason to cancer and stuff like that. And how, I don't know, Jerry should not have been gone that, or should not have left this early. And that's what really hit me home. He's not here anymore. Jerry's not here anymore. <coughs> Man, I'm... Like, he basically, like, really was – Sean McDonough really got emotional about that. Especially for a guy who basically was – basically his TV uh, co- or co-broadcaster, uh, too. Like, the guy spent a lot of time with Sean McDonough – or with uh, Jared Remy and, like, spent time. And that really hit hard for Jared – or for uh, Sean. Yeah. I feel like when um I can't do it now, I got to wait until my uh, um, paycheck does. Um, get through, but when it does on the thirtieth, I'm gonna I'm gonna contribute to to uh, the Jimmy Fund. I'm gonna start my own kind of like thing, maybe on Facebook or something like that. Maybe like a little 
fundraiser and stuff like that, and maybe like give them like fifty dollars, something like that, yeah, or something like that. Because <coughs> and like, yeah. So it is really good that there are organizations like the Jimmy Fund that are basically trying to raise money and awareness to uh, try to fight cancer and stuff like that, especially to the youngest of us all. Alright, all right, we'll go to break, and then we'll finish it up with Game 3, and then we'll talk about the 2023 schedule, which was released Wednesday. We'll break that down, then do what's up on the farm, and then do MLB or uh, MLB, or MLB uh, regular season standings and postseason standings, or what the postseason is going to look like after today, and then uh, fancy ba- or uh, Red Sox stat leaders, fancy baseball update, or fancy baseball update, and then series look ahead. To the Toronto or to the Tampa Bay Rays series this weekend, and then final thoughts. All right, welcome back to uh, Game Three of the series. Well, I mean, it just like last night, back and forth kind of game, and then going to the eighth and ninth inning, and you had chances. You had chances to either win the game in the eighth inning, and then the ninth inning, either, and then after that, when you didn't get that done in the ninth inning. To find a way to walk it off with bases loaded, and we just the Red Sox just decide, nope, nope. They go into extra innings, and sadly, folks, once again the Red Sox fall again to the Toronto Blue Jays. This time in ten innings, six to five. They're now sixty and sixty-five at this point, and now on a four-game losing streak at this point. If there is one thing I want to say about this game, it's about this. Fuck! Sorry about that. It's just... Especially after the ninth inning. What the F? Let's get into this. Let's get into the box scores. All right. Leading off and playing uh, left field, uh, Tommy Pham. One for four or one for five. One run, zero RBIs, zero walks, and he struck out three times. So right back from the lineman. So he wasn't out for long after... Uh, Yesterday's game. Um, but then substituting for him in the lineup and playing catcher, Kemp Wecky, 0 for 1, no runs, no RBIs, no walks, and he struck out zero times. Bang second to playing third base, Rafael Devers, 2 for 5, no runs, 1 RBI, 0 walks, and he struck out once. All right. <coughs> All right. Batting third and playing uh or uh, playing DH, J.D. Martinez, two for five, no runs, no RBIs, no walks, and he struck out zero times. Then pinch running for him and playing uh, DH is uh, Alex Rodrigo, but he does not get a bat whatsoever, so there's no point going over his line score. Batting fourth and playing uh, shortstop is uh, Xander Bogart, two for four. Um, So he had a pretty good night. One run, zero RBIs, one walk, and he strikes out zero times. So both, yeah, Devers and... Martinez did have a pretty good night, multi-hit nights. All right. Batting uh batting fifth and playing uh second base, uh Christian Arroyo, two for four. So he had also a pretty good night. Also, one run, zero RBIs, one walk, and he does strike out once. All right. Batting six and playing uh right field. Rob Repschneider, one for free, no uh, one run, zero RBIs, zero walks, and he does strike out twice. All right. And then Franchi Cordero, he uh pinched hit and uh played right field. He went 0 for 2, and all two of those at bats were strikeouts. <coughs> all right. Batting seventh and playing uh, catcher is uh, 
Reese McGuire, three for four, so pretty good night from him. Zero runs, one RBI, no walks, and he does strike out once. Then pinch running for him or pinch hitting for him and playing uh eh, crap. I uh was well, it says pinch hitting for him with Kiki Hernandez. I think yeah, I think playing center field. Yeah, playing center field. Kike Hernandez, 0 for 1, no runs, no RBIs, no walks, and he strikes out zero times. Band 8th and playing first base, back in his original position, Bobby Dahlback, 1 for 4, 1 run, 2 RBIs, 0 walks, and he strikes out zero, one time. I will say this about Bobby Dahlback before we move on. Um, he did play pretty good at shortstop, at least for that. I will give him credit or that for a game, too. He did play a little bit of a decent shortstop. He didn't make any errors. He made all the plays he was supposed to make. I mean, he did play that in college. I did hear about that. So, yeah. So, don't be bashing on Bobby Dawback. I saw that on the when the lineup card got released. I thought, what the heck? Man, we really must be t- punching on the rest of the season. We're putting on Bobby Dawback at shortstop. But anyway, move on. All right. <clears throat> Batting on ninth and playing center field and right field. Jaron Durant, one for four, no runs, one RBI, zero walks, and he does punch out three times. Yeah. All right. And as I said, just a double from uh, Devers. It's uh, one from Duran, and then one from Bogarts. And then a uh, triple by uh, Reese McGuire. A triple, yeah. Reese McGuire hit a triple. Yeah. A catcher hit a triple. Huh. All right. And then RBIs, two from Dahlback, one from Devers, one from Duran, one from McGuire. And that's about it. And then base running, uh, two stolen bases from uh, Christian Royal, and then one from Bobby Dahlback. All right. Boston pitching, here we go. Getting the start in this one and pitching 4.2 innings is uh, Cutter Crawford. Gave up 10 hits, surrendered four runs, all four of them earned. Walked two people, struck out five, gave up zero home runs, and left the game for the 5.30 ERA. Matt Strom, Stram Bully, he came in and pitched 0.2 innings. Gave up a hit but did, and did surrender a run, and that one run was earned. Uh, walked a person, struck out one, gave up a home run, and left the game with a 3.60 ERA. Jerry's Familia, he came in and pitched all 1.2 innings. No hits, no runs, no earned runs. He did walk two people, but he struck out three and gave up zero home runs and left the game with a 5.54 ERA. Right. Hirokazu Salamora, he came in and pitched an inning. He did give up a hit, but he did not surrender a run, and obviously none of them were earned. Did walk a person, though, struck out nobody, gave up zero home runs, and left the game with a 3.26 ERA. Matt Barnes, he came in and pitched an inning in the ninth. He did give up a hit, he did not, but he did not surrender a run, and obviously none of them were earned. Walked one person, struck out nobody, gave up zero home runs, and left the game with a 5.81 ERA. John Schreiber, he came in and pitched an inning. No hits, did give up a run, and obviously, but... That one run was not earned. Uh, walked nobody, struck out nobody, gave up zero home runs, and left the game with a 2.29 ERA. And he also got the loss, too, so he's out 3-3. Three three. <clears throat> right. Maybe shaving the beard wasn't really the option. <laughs> All right. Maybe it didn't really work. I don't know. All right. Then uh, Trump or a Blue Jays box scores leading off and playing DH. George Springer, uh, one for free. Uh, no runs, one RBI, three walks, and he strikes out zero times. Bang second and playing uh, first base, Vlad Guerrero Jr., two for five, so a pretty good night from him. One run, two RBIs, one walk, and he does strike out once. 
All right. Batting third and playing left field, Loris Goriel Jr., one for six, no runs, no RBIs, no walks, and he strikes out zero times. All right. Batting fourth and playing uh, right field, Teoscar Hernandez, one for four, one run, zero RBIs, one walk, and he does strike out twice. <clears throat> All right. Batting uh, fifth and playing uh, shortstop is Bo Bichette. Pretty good night from him, two for four, no runs, two RBIs, one walk, and he does strike out twice. Batting six and playing first base or for base, Matt Chapman, two for five, no runs, zero RBIs, zero walks, and he does strike out twice. All right, and then uh, batting seventh that played center field, Ramon Tapia, 0 for four, no runs, no RBIs, no walks, and he does strike out twice, two of those four bats. Then uh, substitute for him and playing center field, Jackie Bradley Jr., but he does not get a bat whatsoever. This was no point going over his line score. Um, Alejandro Kirk did pinch in for him, but he did score or, or he did have just one walk, and that's about it. So he didn't have any bats whatsoever. Then pinch running for him and playing center field with Merrifield Jr., Jack Bradley Jr.'s college teammate, I should say, but he does not get a bat whatsoever, so there's no point going over his line score. All right. <clears throat> All right. Then batting eighth and playing second base, Santiago Espinal, former Red Sox uh, prospect. Uh, that we gave up in the Steve Pierce uh, trade. He gave, or uh, he went one for free, one run, zero RBI, zero walks, eight strikes out, zero times. All right. And then uh, pinch hitting for him and also playing second base, Kevin B. Joe, over two. He does score a run, though, no RBIs, no walks, eight strikes out, zero times. All right. <clears throat> Batting ninth and playing catcher, Danny Jansen. He goes uh, five for free, so pretty good night from him. Two runs, one RBI, zero walks, eight strikes out, zero times. Okay. All right, and then uh, just a double, one from uh, our doubles, uh, one from uh, Bouchette, and then one from Matt Chapman. A home run by Danny Jansen, his 10th of the year in the sixth inning off of Matt Strom, with zero on and one out. And then uh, just two RBIs from Bouchette, two from Guria, or uh, Vlad Guerrero, uh, one from Jansen, and then uh, one from uh, Springer. Then a stolen base by Bouchette is eighth of the year. All right. <clears throat> then uh, Toronto pitching, getting the start on this one is always a tough customer against the Red Sox. Pitching five innings is Kevin Gosman. Could have got him in the offseason, too, but the Red Sox decided not to buy, not to acquire him. Yeah, and that really stinks for us. All right. He gave up nine hits, though, surrendered four runs. Four of them were earned. Walk nobody, struck out, six, punched out six, gave up zero home runs, and left the game with 3.15 ERA. Okay. All right. And then uh, substitute for him and play, or uh, substitute for him and pitching one inning is uh, Trevor uh, Richards. He also gets a blown saves to his first of the year. Does give up a hit, but does not surrender and does surrender a run. And that, but that run, one run was not earned. Walk nobody, struck out three, gave up zero home runs. And left the game with a 4.81 ERA. Anthony Bass, he came in and pitched an inning. He did give up two hits, but he did not surrender a run, and obviously none of them were earned. Walked one person, struck out one, gave up zero home runs, and left the game with a 1.32 ERA. All right, Adam Simmer, he came in and uh, pitched a 0.2 innings. He did give up a hit, um, did not surrender a run, though, and obviously none of them were earned. Walked nobody, struck out two, gave up zero home runs, and left the game with a 3.17 ERA. Uh, Tim Meza, he came in to pitch 0.1 innings. No hits, no runs, no earned runs. 
walked nobody, struck out nobody, gave up zero home runs, and left the game with a 2.83 ERA. Jordan Romano, he came in and pitched two innings and got the win, so he's now 5-3 and three for the year. Gave up two hits, though, but did not surrender a run, and obviously none of them were earned. Walked a person, struck out two, gave up zero home runs, and left the game with a 2.25 ERA. All right. Scoring summary. Here we go. So top of the first, Blue Jays get on the board first as Bo Bichette. He doubles in a right field to basically clear the bases to score Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Teoscar Hernandez. 2-0 Toronto leads at this point. Bottom of the second, though, Red Sox do strike back as Reese McGuire. He singles in the right field to score Xander Bogarts. 2-1 Blue Jays lead at this point. Then tied ball game as Bobby Dahlback. He singles into a right field to score uh, Christian Arroyo to make tied up 2-2. But uh, Reese McGuire is out at third base on the throw from uh, Teoscar Hernandez to third baseman Matt Chapman. So, yeah, that kind of does end the inning. All right. Bottom of the third, Rafael Devers. He doubles into right field to give the Red Sox a lead as he scores Tommy Pham to make it a 3-2 Red Sox lead. Then it's 4-3 to three, Toronto in the top of the fourth as Vlad Guerrero Jr. He singles in the right field to score Santiago Espinal and uh, Janie Jansen. So, yeah. And then bottom of the fourth, Red Sox tied up again as uh, Bobby Dahlbeck. He hits a sack fly in the right field to score Rob Repschneider. 4-4, your ball game at this point. Well, not ball game, man, but yeah. But then top of the fifth, top of the sixth, Danny Jansen, he hits a solo home run to the left field over the monster seats to get the Blue Jays a 5-4 lead. So, yeah. But then Jaron Durant, he does his job as he doubles a bases clearing double to score uh, Bobby Dahlback, to make tied up 5-5. And that's where the score would stand until the 10th inning on a fielder's choice by uh, – Sander Bogarts to home, which basically scores Kevin B. Joe, 6-5. Blue Jays win at that point. That's where your final score would stand. <clears throat> All right. If you know two games at this point that were kind of breaking point in the series, game one and this game would be the one. And let me tell you why in the – Eighth and ninth inning, we had chances to score, either take the lead or win it on a walk-off in the ninth inning with bases loaded. We didn't do any of that. No, we basically just squandered those opportunities. In the eighth inning, Reese McGuire hits a lead-off triple. Reese McGuire, you're a catcher. Yeah, catchers are not really that fast. I mean, they're not really – some are. I mean, but – yeah, but – I, don't, I, I look at McGuire, and he's not that um, slim of a dude. I'm not saying that he's fat. I'm just saying that he just doesn't run that fast, at least for a catcher. But he gets on with a triple. And I thought at that point, okay, we're going to take the lead, and let's go, let's go. And then, I mean, I can understand. I think it was um, runners, I think, on second. And hold on. You should know this. Alright, go to scoring summary. <clears throat> Bottom of the eighth. Alright. We should know this, but we don't. Alright. Here's McGuire. And then so you basically had runners on you basically had runners on first and third. And a chance. And then Tommy Pham, he strikes out. 
which is uncharacteristic of him. And then you have Rafael Devers. I thought he hits a little bit of a weak little grounder. I thought, oh, it's going to get through, but no, Kevin Biggio um, basically picks it up and throws the first and gets the out, and we go to the ninth. I thought, and Devers, and understandably, I thought, okay, he threw his bat or helmet down. I, I would be frustrated too, especially, ah, oh, that could have given us the lead. It, but it didn't. Then the bottom of the ninth comes. We hit a single by JD and then a double, which basically puts JD at third F on with nobody out. If you don't, and they were saying this on the TV broadcast because I turned on the TV broadcast after I was done working and stuff like that. I got everything done. So anyway, so I was, and they were saying this too. If you don't score here or walk it off here, then you should think, forget about winning this game. So they intentionally walk a Royal, which I thought was a really coward move by the Blue Jays, but whatever. Then they struck out Cordero. I thought, okay, maybe Kike coming out the bat. He'll hit uh, because there have been times where he has come up big in some of these situations. And I thought, okay, he'll hit one into a left field and we'll score a run. All he's got to do is just put it in play, especially in the outfield. And that run's got to score from or score from third, and then we walk it off. Just do whatever it can. A double, a single, a home run, grand slam at that point with the bases loaded. Just do anything. A sack fly. Just do anything to get that run home. What does he do? He hits a he grounds out into a double play, which was made by Matt Chapman, who tags third and then throws the first, and that basically just got him out of it. And I thought to myself. We don't deserve to win this game. We don't deserve to win this game. And we didn't. We didn't deserve to win. We didn't win this game. And that was a shame. You had two opportunities, especially in the ninth inning, with nobody out and the bases loaded at this point. And all you got to do was just put the ball in effing play, freaking play, and you would have won that ball game and walked off and avoided a sweep. Didn't freaking do that. Didn't do that. That's what I mean. We need to get fired up. Come on. I did see someone on um someone on Twitter that I follow, Boston Strong, and she showed a video. Well, I think it is a she or um something like that. But this person showed a video on Boston Strong, and apparently it showed like a soccer coach or a football coach. Well, football in other countries too. Like, yeah, I know that's not really football, but. Two other people, it is football. Um, so yeah, let's not try to push. Yeah. Anyway, so it showed us what we call soccer over here, a soccer coach. He, like after a game, he's basically slapping all of his players, and she made the comment saying, "This better be Alex Cora after the game." Like, I wouldn't put that as the video, but there is a video that people should watch online. It's um a video of a famous college coach or college baseball coach, um called uh, Augie Guerrero, the late Augie Guerrero, who used to coach at uh, Cal State Fullerton at U of I as in the University of Illinois uh, Champaign and then uh, the University of Texas or Texas. Um, so he was a legendary coach at the time, and he had a temper sometimes, especially after losses. And there's a video on YouTube of him basically just after a game at Texas, like a really bad loss too, kind of like this one, where he basically goes into the clubhouse afterwards um, he waits for everybody to get in, and then afterwards, he just basically just slams the door closed, and then basically starts chewing them out as like saying like like, and he's like dropping f bombs and stuff like that, like kind of like what we're doing right now, 
like slam the table and stuff like that. And like, man, this dude really cares about baseball and winning. He really does. And sometimes you should have that mentality. Like that's what, and what I'm trying to say is that I feel like that should have been core. Like if it, if that didn't really happen, that better should have happened after the ball game. Because I do know Coors is a guy who is chill mannered, especially in 2018, after some losses like this. He didn't really do stuff like get mad and fired up and stuff like that. He didn't say, hey, we, we got this, guys. We got this. And like he, does, and he is that guy that basically, after a loss like this, he just says, let's just move on to the next game. That's all you can do, just move on to the next game. But after a loss like that where you basically had two chances – to win that game, and you just blew it. Core should do something like he needs to get everybody together and basically just do something like chew him out like a or Augie Guerrero did. Yeah, yeah. Go check that video out. It's Augie Guerrero basically like um, mad moments or like something like that or like basically chewing out his players. Yeah, it's he's really animated. Like it's really funny. It's funny, but not a video you should be watching. Yeah, yeah. It's not an appropriate video in some areas but yeah but it is a if you're alone and stuff like that just watch it and stuff like that and like with not a lot of people around just watching it you get what i mean kind of deal. this whole series was just the breaking point and that's what i thought about this game too and that's what we'll probably call this episode the breaking point parentheses we're on to 2023 because that's how the season right now after the series I thought there was going to be a point where, like, we would break or we would kind of, like, basically somewhat give up and stuff like that because we're now either eight games back or – hold on. Let's look at the standings. We got our phones right here. Let's look at the standings. <clears throat> All right. Wild card standings. All right. Yeah, eight games back now in the wild card – or the final wild card spot. Unless something miraculous happens in this next few weeks or this next month or so, forget it. Forget about the postseason. At this point, I'm just ready to throw up the white flag and just basically just move on to 2023. Speaking of which, that's what our next segment is going to be. Moving on to 2023 because the MLB released their schedule for all 30 teams, and you're probably going to like this one. At least some of you are going to like it. I don't know if all of you are going to like it. But yeah, anyway, I like it personally, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, we're going to go to break, then uh, wrap it up, as I said, schedule breakdown of 2023. Um, what's up on the farm? Um, MLB or MLB ranking or MLB standings and postseason, what well, postseason picture at this point, and then uh, Red Sox stat leaders. Uh, fantasy baseball update, your series look ahead to the Tampa Bay Rays series, and final thoughts. All right, welcome back, and we're going to talk about the 2023 schedule, a breakdown of it. All right, so, excuse me, it was reported on Wednesday that the MLB has released all 30 MLB teams' schedules, including the Red Sox. And there's a little bit of a twist and something new that they're going to do this year with interleague play and it's going to be for the first time since 1997 when, or when interleague play was introduced all 30 teams both american and national league will play each other 
which means we will be playing all for all 15 National League teams and all 14 American League teams. There is a catch. We did lose like six games of division or uh, well, of uh, six games sort of of a uh, division play, which I mean, knowing what happened this year, which we couldn't get anything done with division play, that's not really that bad of a loss. Maybe they might actually help us next year. I don't know. All right. But anyway, let's go over the schedule. All right. So mark your calendars, folks. No, March the 30th. Um, we'll start a series, a home series with the or or with, with the or we'll be opening day March the 30th at home against the Baltimore Orioles. There will be an off day on Friday. We won't go game by game, yeah. But seriously. And then they'll wrap up the series with uh, the Orioles on Saturday and Sunday. And then Monday through uh, Wednesday on the 3rd and 5th of April, the Pittsburgh Pirates come to town. I wonder if Colin Holderman might still be on the team. Yeah. Your trip to Fenway, Holdy. So far this year, I mean, so far the last couple of outings, he hasn't really been doing good. I mean, he's kind of been giving up some runs, especially. I think it was when or uh, yesterday's game against the Pir- or against the Braves, he gave up like five runs. That probably might be his worst game so far as in his career. Yeah, but so far, I mean, he's doing okay, five and zero, uh, and th- well, now a three point eighty one year right now, but still, I mean, could be worse. Yeah, let's not say that. <laughs> All right, and then they'll start a road trip um, against the Tigers. There will be an off day on the seventh of April. But then the 8th and 9th of April, uh, we'll finish up that series against the Tigers in Detroit. And then a four-game series on the 11th through the 13th against the Tampa Bay Rays in Tampa Bay. Then back at home, uh, basically uh, two or a two-series uh, homestand. Four-game series with the Angels starting on the 14th and ending on the 17th of April. And then um, a three-game series with the Minnesota Twins. At home, also to wrap up the homestand on the 18th for the 20th. All right. Then we go to Milwaukee. To Milwaukee, and uh, we play a three-game set for the 21st, for the 23rd of April. Then the 24th and 26th of April, we go to the Orioles uh, home, or go to uh, the Baltimore, or go to Baltimore, play the Orioles. And then off day on the 27th, and then the 28th and the 30th. Well, hold on, 28th and 30th. There might be a four. Oh yeah, twenty eighth and the thirtieth of April will be a three game series with the Cleveland Guardians at home, and then another four game series on May the fifth through the fourth against the Toronto Blue Jays at home. Then uh, two roads or two road series against the Phillies on the fifth through seventh of or May. Then off day on the night or eighth of May. Then a two game series in Atlanta against the Braves on the 9th and the 10th, off day on the 11th. Then the St. Louis Cardinals come to town and also the Seattle Mariners. Cardinals for the 12th and the 14th, and then Mariners for the 15th and 17th of May. Then off day on the 18th. Then we go to San Diego, San Diego. I wonder if we'll see uh, Tatis if he gets off as a eight-game uh, PED submission. I don't know. We probably won't. I don't know. That might be the only time we play the Padres. So anyway, so we go to... Play the Padres on the 19th for the 20th of May. West Coast road trip. Yay. <laughs> then the 22nd through the 24th of April, we'll play against the Angels at or in L.A. 
then 25th off day, and then the 26th through the 28th of May, Arizona Diamondbacks in Arizona, 26, yeah, 26 and 26, and 26 through 28th of May, off day on the 29th, and then I could be wrong. It could be a two, three game series, two game series with the Cincinnati Reds. No three game series between the Cincinnati Reds through the 30th and 31st and 1st of Ju- 31st and 30 or 30th and 31st of May and the 1st of June. And then the Tampa Bay Rays come to town through June the 2nd through June the 5th. So yeah, and then on a road trip to uh, Cleveland and New York to play the Yankees. Cleveland on June the 6th for the 8th, my dad's birthday. Well, the 6th is. Um, and then um, also the anniversary of D-Day. Yeah. And then uh, the 9th and the 10th, or 9th for the 11th of June in New York against the Yankees. Then on the 12th through 14th of, or 12, 12 through 14th of June, Rockies come to town. So kind of a reunion with Trevor Story and the Rockies. Yeah, somewhat. 15th is an off day, 16th through the 18th, home against the Yankees. And then a road trip uh, for the 19th through the 22nd of June against the Minnesota Twins for a four-game set. And then we go to Chicago to play against the White Sox, 23rd through 25th, and then an off day on the 26th. Then the 27th through 29th, we play against the Marlins at home. Then on the road through June the 30th, June the 30th through uh, July the 2nd. Oh, we'll be in there for Canada Day. Oh, lovely. Yeah, against Strong Blue Jays. Then the 3rd is off. Then July the 4th through uh, July the 6th, we t- play against the Texas Rangers at home. Then the Oakland A's come to town. The Oakland Bar's Uncle Tom. <laughs> yeah. They'll play on the 7th through the 9th of July. And then after that, it will be All-Star break. And then we go again to Chicago, play against the Cubs. After that, for the July the 14th for the 16th. Weren't we just there? I, I feel like at best, they should come to Fenway and play us. That should be the fair thing, but whatever. I don't make the schedule. And then back on the West Coast against the Oakland A's. The bad bar or something, Tom. Yeah. The 17th for the 19th of July. And then the 20th is an off day. 21st through 23rd. New York Mets come to town, and then 24th is an off day. Then the 25th through the 26th of July, Braves come to town. Then the 27th, off day, and then on a West Coast road trip against uh, the Giants on the July the 28th through the 20, July 28th through the 30th. And then on July the 31st through August, hold on, I got to click advance. All right, through August the 2nd, we'll be against the Mariners in Seattle. Then we have a three. Then we have like a hold on one, three, seven, ten game homestand after the off day on August the third, first off July the fourth through the sixth against the Toronto Blue Jays as they come to town. Then the seventh through tenth against the Kansas City Royals. Then the eleventh through the thirteenth against the Detroit Tigers. July the fourteenth off day. Then we have a road trip, basically one, three, 10-game road trip, just starting on July the or August the 11th or the 15th. Um, first off against the Nationals for the August the 15th through 17th, and then on to New York against the Yankees on the 18th for the 20th of August. Then we go to Houston and play the Astros on the 23rd or 21st to 24th. 
And then we got a reunion with Mookie Betts on July the, on August the 28th through the 27th at the Dodgers come to town for a three-game series. And then the Astros come to town for, I believe, a three-game series for the 28th for the 30th. And then an off day on August the 31st. So pretty good. And then, very literally the last month of the season, we go to Kansas City through the 1st through 3rd of September. Then go to Tampa Bay for the 4th and 6th of September. Hold on, I'm trying to see. Oh, yeah. All right, um, we'll talk about it. And then uh, September the 7th, off day, then back at home for a seven-game homestand with the Orioles and Yankees. Orioles first through the 8th and 10th of uh, September, and then the Yankees 11th through the 14th of September. And then we go to Toronto to play against the Blue Jays and Texas Rangers for a six-game or six-game road trip. Um, Toronto first. 15th through 17th of September, which is my birthday. Oh, on a Sunday. All right. We better win that day, but we probably won't. We probably will lose the Blue Jays. Very lovely. Yeah. And then the 18th for the 20th, we go to Texas and play the Rangers. Then 21st, we're off. Then the 22nd through 24th of September, White Sox come to town. Play a three-game sand, three-game, uh, three-game series. 25th, off day, then two-game series with the or with the Rays, 26th through 27th of September. Then we wrap up the series um, one last time at, on the road against the Baltimore Orioles through the 28th of September through October the 1st. And depending on how that season goes, that might be it. I like the schedule. I mean, I do kind of like how they're balancing out between interleague play, interleague play, or interleague play, and divisional play. I kind of do like that. I do kind of am a little sad. We don't get to see a lot more of those divisional plays. But at the same time, knowing how this season went out with our division, it would be kind of good if we don't play that many division games next year. Knowing our division is probably going to be better than we are next year. <coughs> All right. So anyway, so I do like seeing a lot of more of the National League, uh, like seeing all 15 of them. Especially the Pirates, if Colin Holman is still on the Pirates by that time. Bye. Yeah. So, I do like that. I do like that. Yeah, and the reason they're doing that is because they have been getting a lot of flack over the years about how they're not promoting their players and stuff like that, especially with some of these interleague plays or interleague uh, series and stuff like that. So, maybe that might work out. Although, it's not going to be like the NBA where, like, the Cubs will go to Wrigley and then they'll come to Fenway. No, that's not how it's going to work. So this year, they're probably going to we're going to go to Wrigley, and then probably next year they'll come to Fenway. I still think that's dumb. I still think weren't we just there at Wrigley? But whatever, whatever. Yeah, I don't make the schedule, but still, I do like the schedule so far. It is kind of cool. Yeah, it really is neat. Yeah. So anyway, so that's it with the schedule. Sorry it went so long. I kind of like blurred. I was just a little excited and trying to. Get out while I'm trying to say it's also the Asperger and me is too. Like, so yeah. Here. So let's get on to what's up on the farm. The Red Sox farm system. All right. So Monday, the Dominican Summer League Blue, Red Sox Blue Team took on the Dominican Summer League Kansas City Royals Stewart team and won in a blowout 13 to 4. So pretty good. Um, they are now oh man, different. We won't go over the record. That, that record just that's a different record than 
Anyway, so anyway, yeah. So anyway, so thanks to a home run by uh, so um, Diaz gets a home run his third of the year, so pretty good. Albreo gets the win, so he's now three and zero with a one point sixty seven ERA, so pretty good. They don't even give where the game took place at. TBD. I don't know. Uh, DSL uh, Red Sox uh, red team. They took on the Guardians red team and won 10 to 6. Yeah. Rodriguez gets the win, so he's now 4 0 with 3.070 ERA. So pretty good. Pretty good. And also, uh, the blue team also did uh, play another game against the Kent or Royal Stewart team. The May- or Because the first game was a resumption of a suspended game. So this is the. Actual schedule game for the day, but they also won that game in seven innings, eight three. So pretty good, awesome, awesome. Um, Lugo gets his second home run of the or round of the year, so pretty good, awesome. Dela or Dela Cruz gets the win, so he's now two and two with a three point oh four ERA, and then Adamas gets the win or gets save his first of the year. Yeah. All right, and then the Florida Complex Re- League Red Sox took on the Florida Complex Rays. And lost 11 to 7. So, yeah, not great. 34 and 20 at this point. Um, Piazza or Piaz gets the loss. So, he's now 5 and 2 with a free point of 36 63 RA. So, not great. Cermak. Oh, that's a kid from ISU. Huh. That's pretty neat. So, he kind of homered off us, at least for that. I mean, not great for us, but kind of cool to kind of see a kid from ISU get a home run. Pretty good. I hope his career does well. Uh, at least if he's playing against the Red Sox. And, and screw him. But good luck to him still if he gets there. All right. All right. So the f- Tuesday, the Florida Go- or Florida Complex uh, Red Sox took on the Florida Complex Twins and won in a shutout for nothing. 35 and 20 at this point. Uh, Ramirez gets the win. So he's now 7 and 2 with a 5.74 uh, ERA. Pretty good. Pretty good. Then the Dominican Summer League uh, Red Sox Blue Team took on the Houston uh, Blue Team. Or the Astros blue team, but lost six to three. Yeah. Nunez gets the loss, so he's now one and two with a six point uh fifty-two ERA. Yeah. Then the red or the Dominican Summer League red team took on the Mar- or Mariners DSL team and won three nothing to the shutout. Pretty good, pretty good. Garcia gets the win, so he's now four and one with a four point twenty eight ERA. And then Pia or uh Pache or Pachero or Pachio. Gets the save as fifth of the year. All right. Oh, I said that right. All right. Portland Sea Dogs that took on the Hartford Yard Goats, but lost in a lopsided game 12 to 6. They are now 56 and 59 at this point, despite a home run by uh, Alex Benellis. Van Bell gets the loss, so he's now 4 and 4 with a 5 or a 4.55 or 50 ERA. Right. Worcester Red Sox that took on the Syracuse Mets and lost 9 8. 59 and 59 at this point. Um, Murphy gets the loss, so he's now 3 and 3 with a 5.06 ERA. So not great. Salem Red Sox, they took on the Columbia Fire or Fireflies and won 5 to 2. Um, they are now 55, 59 and 55 at this point. Uh, Incarnacion gets the win, so he's now 10 and 4 with a 4.05 ERA. And then De La Rosa gets the save as first of the year. All right, Greenville Drive, they took on the Greensboro uh, Grasshoppers and won 3-2, so pretty good. Um, 44-69 and 69 at this point, still not good, but at least a win's a win. All right, uh, Nathan Hickey gets his fourth home run of the year, so pretty good. 
Olds gets the win, so he's now, but he is still nine and two with a six point uh, sixty ERA, so still not good. And Webb gets the save his fifth of the year. Alright. Wednesday. Alright. How much time do I got? Yeah, we might have to wrap this. Yeah, we might have to uh finish this up and then wrap it up with uh yeah, go to the next segment. All right. So um Portland Sea Dogs that took on the Hartford Yard Goats and won eight to nothing, so pretty good. 57 and 59 at this point. Uh thanks to a home run by Hudson Potts is 12 of the year, so pretty good. Mata gets the win, so he's now 5-2 with a 1.85 ERA. Uh, Worcester Red Sox took on the Syracuse Mets and won 6-4, so pretty good, pretty good. Um, they are 16-59 at this point. Thanks to a home run by Christian Stewart, his 19th of the year. Seabull gets the win, so he's now 6-1 with a 3.50 ERA. And then Caleb Ort gets the save, his 16th of the year. All right, pretty good. Salem Red Sox, they took on the Columbia Fireflies and lost in a walk-off 5-4. Um, yeah, they are now 59-56 at this point. Um, De La Rosa gets the loss, so he's now 2-2 two two with a 4.33 ERA. Yeah. Right. Greenville Drive, they took on the uh, Greensboro Grasshoppers and lost 5-3, and 44-70 at this point. Despite home runs from uh, Matthew Lugo and uh, Nathan Hickey. Guerrero gets the loss, so he's now 0-1 with a 4.50 ERA. So, yeah, not great. Right. And then tonight, or today. All right. Um, now starts playoff action for some of the rookie ball or rookie ball uh, teams. Uh, first off is the Dominican Summer League uh, quarterfinals for the Dominican Summer League Blue Team. Game one against the... Dodgers mega team and won five nothing. So pretty good, pretty good. Um, yeah, so yeah, so they have a one or one game to none lead. Thanks to a home run by Avilia, his first of the season. Um Abreu gets to say or gets to win, so he's now one and no with a 0.00 ERA. Only gave up four heads. Huh. Yeah. Then the Florida Complex Red Sox took on the Florida Complex Yankees. In the Florida Complex semifinals, and lost uh for, or lost uh eight to four. I'm not sure if this is a series, but yeah. All right. So Owen won. All right. So yeah, and then uh Rodriguez Cruz gets the loss, so he's now Owen one with a six point oh ERA. Right. I could be wrong. Yeah, but we'll look. Yeah, we'll look. I figured that this would be more than a one game series, but I could be wrong. All right. Greenville Drive that took on the or Greenville Drive that took on the Greensboro um, Grasshoppers, but lost three to two in a game one of a doubleheader in seven innings on a walk off two. Um, they are now forty four and seventy one at this point, despite a home run by Nick York, his tenth of the year. Um, Miller gets the loss, so he's now two. Well, he's well, well, hold on. Campbell gets the loss, so he's now zero and one with a nine point eighty two ERA. Then game two of that game or of that uh of that doubleheader, um, they also lost six to nothing. Only scored six hits in seven innings. Cobb gets the loss, so he's now three and three with a six point thirty three ERA. And then Greenville Driver forty four and forty two or seventy two at this point. All right, Portland Sea Dogs they took on the Hartford Yard Goats, one nine to nothing. Oh, by the way, Trevor Story made his rehab start. 
And uh, so the or Sea Dogs are fifty nine and fifty nine. Thanks to a home run by Izzy Wilson, his ninth of the year. Uh, Nicholas uh, Northcutt, his third of the year, and then Trevor Story, his probably going to be his only home run, but he does have a home run in his rehab start so, or rehab outing or game. See how he did today. Hold Trevor Story did. Give me the story. He's no good. He's gonna work. He's like Cutter. He's like Colin Crawford or Pablo Sandoval. Okay, the, the, those contracts. Yeah, Trevor Story. That contract is eventually gonna work out. If not, then come after me if you want to. Anyway, all right, Trevor Story. He went uh, three for four, so pretty good. Two runs, two RBIs, no walks, but he did strike out once. Can't have that, but still. I mean, at least one strikeout, but still. All right. So a pretty good night from old Trevor Story, at least in the Portland Sea Dogs. Will he make a Woosaksa outing? I don't know. We'll have to see. All right. They're talking about, like, they might consider maybe bringing him up soon if, like, he's ready. Yeah. Bring him back. Let's get him. Really, let's get him back here. Let's get everybody back. Come on. Let's go. All right. Worcester Red Sox that took on the Syracuse Mets and won nine to one. Um, they are now sixty-one and fifty-nine at this point, thanks to home runs from uh, two home runs from Connor Wong and uh, Pedro uh, Castellanos. Uh, San- or uh, Santos gets the win. He is one and three though, but with a nine point eighteen ERA, so still not good, but still got the win. His first of the year. All right. Salem Red Sox, they did play against the Columbia Fireflies and lost in 13 innings on a walk-off 8-7. Yeah. So they are now 59-57 at this point. Luber gets the loss, so he's now 1-2 and two with a 6.99 ERA. Can't have that. All right. So tomorrow, let's see. Oh, I get uh. – Yeah, I get I I guess that was just a one game. I guess so. I I guess the Florida Complex League Red Sox team season is over. I guess so. I guess maybe it's just a one game elimination game or playoffs. Huh. Hold on. Hold on. All right. That's today. Oh, no, that's – yeah, here we are. Yeah, it is a, Yeah, it is just one game. I think it's like a – yeah, it's a wild card because look at it because – you know it is a semifinals. Okay, so this is the finals between the Rays and the Yankees. Okay, all right. All right, makes sense. Okay, all right. A lot of these games just don't get broadcast or talked about a lot, and that's really sad because a lot of these are the future of the Red Sox. And I kind of want to follow them and stuff like that and see how they're doing. And that's kind of sad when, like, in the past, they didn't really broadcast these games and, like, these rookie, like, these Dominican Summer League and these Florida Complex League games. Because that's basically, like, one third or basically, like, three-thirds of a story or not one, one-third of a story or one-fourth of a story is kind of deal. Whatever. I don't know. I'm bad at math. All right. Anyway. All right, so game two of the Dominican Summer League quarterfinals between the Red Sox uh, blue team and the 
L.A. Dodgers mega team will be tomorrow, 10.30 Eastern time, 9.30 Central time for me. No starter has been announced yet for the blue team. Portland Sea Dogs, they'll take on the Hartford Yard Goats, 6 o'clock Eastern time, 5 o'clock Central time. For me, Derhan gets the or gets the start in this one. All right. Then the Worcester Red Sox will take on the Syracuse Mets, 6.45 uh, Eastern time, 5.45 Central time for me. Keller will be your starter. All right. Salem Red Sox, they'll take on the Columbia Fireflies. Um, game time will be at uh, 7.05 Eastern time, 6.05 Central time for me. Uh, Perret or Perelias gets the start in this one. All right, and then the Greenville Drive, they'll take on, they'll take on the – Greenboro or Greenboro uh, Grasshoppers, 7.05 Eastern Time, 6.05 Central Time for me. No starter has been announced yet. All right, and that is it for what's up on the farm. All right, so we'll go to break and then wrap it up with the uh, MLB standings and posting a picture at this point, Red Sox stat leaders, fantasy baseball updates, and um, your serious look ahead to the blue or to the Tampa Bay Racers and final thoughts. All right, welcome back. So we're going to do the MLB standings. What do the standings look like after today, which is technically Friday today? Yeah, it's one o'clock or one o nine Central Time for me. So one a or one o nine a.m. Yeah, we have been up for a while. All right, in the American League in the East, lead the pack right now is the New York Yankees, still with a seventy-seven and forty-eight record. Behind them are the Tampa Bay Rays with a 69 and 59 record. <coughs> but right behind them by half a game is the Toronto Blue Jays, 68 and 55. Behind them are the Baltimore Orioles. Don't count them out just yet. 65 and 59. And in dead last place, 17 games back. Excuse me. Well, that's why I should say for this team, your lovely Boston Red Sox, 60 and 65. Yeah. All right, Central Division, lead the pack right now is the Cleveland Guardians, 66 and 55, or 57. Behind them are the Minnesota Twins, 62 or 62 and 61. Well, actually, sort of tied between or with the Minnesota Twins and uh, Chicago White Sox, but the White Sox have more wins, but and still kind of the same win percentage, but they have one loss, so, so the Twins are 62. Two and sixty-one, and the White Sox are sixty-three and sixty-two. So, theoretically tied for second place. In fourth place, uh, Kansas City Royals fifty-one and seventy-five, and in dead last place and nineteen games back is the Detroit Tigers forty-four or forty-eight and seventy-seven. Well, worst offense. I do know they do lead, or they are in last place in home runs. They have like seventy something. And we're almost in the September, and they have 70 home runs. That's sad. <laughs> See, what could be them right now, guys. <laughs> At least for that, we could be them right now. Sort of, yeah. In the West Division right now is the Houston Astros, the best team in, ba- or best team in the American League right now, 81 and 45. Behind them are, or behind them are the Seattle Mariners, 60, or 68 and 57. Behind them are the Texas Rangers with a 57 and 67 record. Behind them are the LA Angels, 52 and 73. And in dead last place and 35 games back, your worst team in the American League right now, the Oakland A's, 46 and 80. 
Uncle Tom, why do the idiots suck so much? <laughs> my nephew doesn't say that. <laughs> my nephew, or that would be really bad if my nephew said that. <laughs> Where did you learn that? Uncle Tom told me. <laughs> they get a text from Katie and Ryan. <laughs> why are you teaching our son bad words? <laughs> Anyway, all right. In the National League in the East, leading the pack right now is the Met, or New York Mets, 80 and 46, doing pretty good. But right behind them are the Atlanta Braves, the defending World Series champions, 78 and 48. Behind them are the Philadelphia Phillies, 70 and 55. Behind them are the Miami Marlins, 54 and 70. And in dead last place, and possibly the worst team in baseball, not just in the National League, but all of baseball. The Washington Nationals, 42-83. and 83. Their owner's about ready to sell the team. Well, when you get rid of Juan Soto and Josh Bell, I mean, you might have to at this point. <laughs> In the Central Division, leading the pack right now is the St. Louis Cardinals, 72-53. and 53. Behind them are the Milwaukee Brewers, 65-58. and 40, or 58. Behind them are the Chicago Cubs, 54-71. and 71. Behind them are the Cincinnati Reds, 48 and 75. And in dead last place, and for 24 and a half games back, the Pittsburgh Pirates, 47 and 77. All right. In the West Division right now, leading the pack right now, and the best team in baseball right now, not just in the National League, but in all baseball, the LA Dodgers, 86 and 37. Behind them are the San Diego Padres, 68 and 58. Behind them are the San Francisco Giants, 61 and 62. Behind them are the Arizona Diamondbacks, 56 and 67. And in dead last place and 35 and a half games back is the Colorado Rockies, 54 and 72. All right. If the postseason were to end today, or not postseason, or the regular season were to end today, this is what your postseason um, seating would look like. All right. All right. So in the American League, your best team in the American League right now, slash number one seed and West Division winner, the Houston Astros. Your second seed team and East Division winner, the New York Yankees, theoretically. Your Central Division winner and third seed, the Cleveland Guardians. And your three wildcard teams in this order of standing, the Tampa Bay Rays, Toronto Blue Jays, and Seattle Mariners. All right. And Seattle's kind of falling off a little bit. Ugh. Well, either that or Toronto just jumped them. <clears throat> I'm going to say, don't look now. Baltimore is kind of coming up behind you guys. Lose two more games and they'll tie with you. <laughs> right. In the National League, so right now, your number one seed and possibly overall seed in the postseason and West Division winner is the L.A. Dodgers. Your East Division winner and second seed, the New York Mets. And your Central Division winner and third seed, the St. Louis Cardinals. And your three wildcard teams in this order, the defending champ, Atlanta Braves, Philadelphia Phillies, and San Diego Padres. I would say, yeah, and don't look now for them, too. They're kind of, yeah, I was about to say, Milwaukee's kind of like battling out with them. Yeah, both are closers. Yeah, well, at least uh, Josh Hader for the Padres. Hey, he's already starting to screw it up for them now, too. I mean, seriously. So there might be a chance for Milwaukee. <coughs> yeah. Guess who won that trade? Yes. All right. Stat leaders. I want to check something real quick. 
get out of here. Alright, etching and save. No, Romano is 7th overall in the MLB and uh, saves 7th. Behind uh, Liam Hendricks. Josh Hader, it, wow. After we just bashed the dude, he's actually tied for first with J Kenley Jansen and uh, Emmanuel Clausier of the Guardians. Wow. How about American League? How, who's leading that? Well, after we just, yeah, that was Emmanuel Clausier. Okay, never mind. Move on. All right. Okay, so Red Sox stat leaders. All right. Leading the team in batting average is a two-way tie for 300 between Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts, two guys we should try to resign pretty soon, but let's see what the Red Sox ownership and management tries to do. I'm not banking on anything. All right. Home runs leader is Devers with 27 or 25. RBIs is Devers with 65. Stolen bases, Trevor Story with 10. Um, run scored, Devers with 68. On base percentage, Bogarts with 372. Slugging percentage, Devers with 554. OPS, Devers with 911. Hits scored, Bogarts with 131. Doubles, Martinez with 36. Triples, Durant with 3. Walks, Bogarts with 45. Strikeouts, Martinez with 112. Caught stealing, well, let's see. Well... Maybe for Dugo too. It's still a JBJ still leading it, but since JBJ, I mean we, you know what? Maybe we just, maybe we just do that. Just all right. JBJ is still your leader with three with caught stealing, and then Gaines played two way tie between uh, Bogarts and Verdugo with 118, and then at bats it's Verdugo with 400 and uh 44 or 54. Pitching here we go. Nick Pavetta leads an ERA. 4.24. Wins also Pavetta with 9. Strikeouts Pavetta also with 139. Save opportunities the Collinsville, Illinois native Tanner Houck with 8. Whip, it's Pavetta with 129 1.29. Batting average against, it's Pavetta with 244. Innings pitch, it's Pavetta with 142.1. Complete games, it is a three-way tie between Evoldi, Pavetta, and Michael Walker with one. Games played, it's uh, Brazier with 52. Game started, Pavetta with 25. Losses, Pavetta with nine. Save opportunities, Hauk with uh, nine. Earn runs given up, Pavetta with 67. Runs given up, Pavetta with 67. Hits given up, it's Pavetta with 132. Home runs surrendered, it's uh, Evaldi still with 21. And then walks surrendered, it's Pavetta with 51. All right. Games or uh, fielding. All right. Games played. Um, Bogarts with 115. And then game started. Bogarts also with uh, 115. Innings played, it's uh, Bogarts with 993.2. Total chances, Vasquez with 649. Put outs, Vasquez with 610. Assists, Bogarts with 310. Errors, uh, Devers with 12. Um, double plays, it's uh, Bogarts with 62. Uh, stolen bases against is uh, Vasquez with 37. Caught stealing, Vasquez with 16. Stolen base percentage against, it's uh, Vasquez with 698. Pass balls, Vasquez with 3. 
uh, wild pitches, Vasquez with 20, and then fielding percentage, Pavetta with 1,000. And then uh, range factor, it's uh, Vasquez with 8.24. Those are your stat leaders. <coughs> All right. Here we go. Let's go over a uh, fantasy baseball or update. All right. So you got a lot of time. All right. And we'll be play. All right. So beat the streak. All right. <coughs> so Monday I had Albert Pujols of the St. Louis Cardinals and then Framo Reyes of the Chicago Cubs. Pujols went uh, two for four and then uh, Reyes went over for three. So, yeah, I don't have a hit streak at this point. All right. Then on Tuesday I had Adley Rushman of the Baltimore Orioles and then Andrew McCutcheon of the Milwaukee Brewers. Rushman went 0 for 2, and then uh, McCutcheon went 0 for 4. Then yesterday, had Ferrero uh, Estrada of the Ferrero Estrada of the San Francisco Giants, and then Miles Straw of the Cleveland Guardians. Um, Estrada went 0 for 4, and then uh, Straw went 2 for 4. And then tonight, I had Patrick Wisdom of the Chicago Cubs, and then JD Martinez of the of your Boston Red Sox. Um, let me put that in. I did have originally marked or Bogarts in there, but I didn't know it was going to come back tonight. But he did, and I, yeah, so needed for it. All right. But anyway, uh, Wisdom went 0 for 3, and then uh, Martinez went 2 for 5. Yeah. And then tomorrow I have Peyton uh, Bordrick of the Miami Marlins, and then uh, Jose Abreu of the Chicago White Sox. <coughs> All right. Okay, so Sunday. All right, so quick pick. So I basically uh, went uh, on Sunday, went two for seven, and then Monday was avoided contest because something happened. I mean, sometimes, like, if someone gets injured or maybe a contest doesn't really happen, like a game gets postponed or something like that, then that messes everything up, and that's why it becomes avoid contest. So nothing on Monday. Then yesterday I went uh, three for seven, and then hold on. Wednesday. We forgot to put in Wednesday. Three for seven. All right. And then tonight, I still haven't gotten the update yet on the picks, but we'll probably won't find out until five o'clock in the morning, at least. So yeah, nothing. So we'll probably talk about it on uh, Sunday's episode. <coughs> yeah. All right. And then Diamond Derby. So let's see. Uh, Monday, I scored zero runs on zero bases. So basically had like basically went shut out. All right. Tuesday, two bases on eight hits or eight bases. All right. Um, Wednesday, zero runs on two bases. And then tonight, zero runs on three bases. And then yeah, nothing on yet. All right. Nothing yet. All right. Then MLB pickle. So let's see. Ah, pickle. <laughs> yeah, pickle. All right. So Monday, I got that pick right. So my win percentage is uh, 63 and 63.6. Record is 21 and 12. And the correct answer was Starling Marte of the New York Mets. <clears throat> and then, um, let's see. And then uh, Tuesday, my streak continues. Three game or three games, 64.7 win percentage. So 22 and 12. And the right answer was Clayton Kershaw of the LA Dodgers. Although Wednesday the streak came to an end, um, 62.9 win percentage, and then 22 and 13 
record. And the correct answer was Austin uh, Meadows of the Detroit Tigers. He's been out for a while. And he's been gone for a while. I kind of forgot he was still playing. <laughs> and then tonight, um, went back in the win column. Now a 63.9 win percentage, 23 and 13. And then the correct answer was David Peralta of the Tampa Bay Rays. The Red Sox next opponent. Yeah, and yay, how fun of a weekend that will be. Yay. <laughs> I shouldn't be that pessimistic, but at the same time, but still. As I said, we are kind of really raised for the white flag of surrender for this season. Anyway, all right. So base chase. So hold on. Base chase. All right. So Monday, I uh, had Jose Abreu of the White Sox, Andrew Vaughn of the White Sox, and then Luis Robert of the White Sox. All right. Breu had three bases. Vaughn had a base. And then Robert had two bases. So six bases in total. So, yeah, still not part of the record yet. All right. Then um, Tuesday I had Yordan Alvarez of the Astros, Jose Altuve of the Astros, and then Alex Bregman of the Astros. Cheaters. <laughs> All right. Alvarez went – had a base, Altuve had two bases, and then uh, Brigman had uh, six bases. So nine bases in total. So basically two away from tying the single uh, day record. Still didn't happen. Yeah, still short. All right. And then Wednesday, I had Shea Langesier of the Oakland A's, Sean Murphy of the Oakland A's, and then David McKenna of, or David McKinnon of the Oakland A's. Landisier had zero bases. Murphy had a base, and then uh, McKinnon had zero bases. So one base in total. And then tonight, I had Aaron Judge on the New York Yankees, Paul Goldschmidt on the St. Louis Cardinals, and then Yordan Alvarez on the Houston Astros. Did we break or tie the single-day record? Let's see. Aaron Judge, one base. Paul Goldschmidt, nine bases. Yordan Alvarez, though, zero bases. So 10. So basically one short of tying in and two short of breaking it. So my single day best or record is 11 bases, and then my season total is 129. So not bad, but still. Yeah. So that's it for MLB play. We should probably close out of this. I think we're done with this. All right. So fantasy. MLB or ESPN fantasy. How are we doing on that front? All right. <coughs> All right. All right. So the Oakland Babar. So currently, right now, they're being Chicago Cubs 152 to 134. So pretty good. Pretty good. Oh, yeah. We forgot. Yeah. We got to talk about uh, last week's. How do we forget to do that? Oh, All right. Hold on. Get out of the way. All right. Hold on. We are kind of running out of time in this segment. All right. You know, well, we do kind of need it for Yahoo. All right. So, all right. Anyway, so the Oakland Bad Bars, they did win their game. So they're on a two-game win streak from last week, 14-4. and four, So pretty good, pretty good. And a few weeks left of the season. All right. So last week, they did beat uh, Team Young. 390 to 217. And as I said, they're being Chicago Cubs 
not the actual Chicago Cubs, but a fancy team. Uh, 52 and 134, so pretty good. Yeah, a couple more weeks left of the season. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. All right. And then um, the wearing of the green. So currently they are now 13 and 5 on a two-game win streak. So, yeah, they did win their game from last week. Yes, against uh, Team Mackey, 319 to 194. And currently right now they're beating Davenport River Rocks. 123 to 69. So pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. All right. Pay Rafi Devers. They are now 17 and or 11 and 7. They did win their game and broke a six game losing streak. All right. And then, so yeah, they did beat LA Dodgers 104 or 304 to 205. But currently, right now, they're losing the team lovely 200 to 162. All right. The Yankees lose, so currently um, they are 11-7. and seven. They did lose their game from last week against um, Team or Team HC Smoke Wolf, uh, one, or 362 to 348. And currently right now they're beating up Crosby Cement Mixers, 243 to 238. All right, at least for that. All right. All right. So Arthur reads the goat. They are nine and nine and on a three-game losing streak. So they did lose their game from last week. Yeah, they lost against a popsicle hustler number four, uh, three hundred and twenty-six to two hundred and seventeen. And currently, right now, they are leading against a team Hotskins, one hundred and fifty-five to one hundred and fifty-two. All right, and then dancing on my own. So they're eight and ten. So still not good, and they're on a – yeah, so they got back in the win column. They did win their game from last week against uh, Team Rate, 281 to 267. And currently right now they're losing the Team Nightmare, 127 to 105. Yeah, not great. Not great at all. <clears throat> all right. So that's it for ESPN. Let's talk about Yahoo. Yahoo! All right. So the Frio take. So they are 10, 6, and 3. How they do last week? They uh, end up uh, end their game in a draw with a can I get, can I have a win? It's 5 to 5. So they are now, yeah, as I said, 10, 6, and 2. And currently, right now for week 19. They are beating killing killing smalls eight to one. Yeah, it's like you're killing me, smalls. Yeah. We all have seen Sandlot. That's the reference they're making. All right. Gombridge. So currently they are eight or nine, eight and two. So eight win, or nine wins, eight losses, and one draw. Last week, they lost their game against Bob's first class team, six to four. And this week, they're losing to Kevin's first-class team, 7-1. What's up with these first-class teams? Good Lord. Come up with original names. Yeah, come up with better names, idiots. <laughs> All right. All right. Seven, not, or so uh, Section 10, they're 7, 9, and 2. So seven wins, nine losses, and two draws. Uh, not, all right. So uh, last week, they lost against uh, Brayton's Ball Bashers, 6-3. So not great. And right now they're losing against Angry Beaver six to three. Yeah. So not great. All right. 
So starting nine, so they are five, 12, and one. So five wins, 12 losses, and one draw. They are having a pretty not-too-great season. And last week, they lost against the Yanks Bombers 7-2. to two. Blown out. And then they're losing the Tomahawks 6-3. to three. Yeah, not great at all Ugh, this week. Royal Rooters, so they are 8-8-2. Eight, eight so eight wins, two losses, and one draw, or two draws. And currently right now, well, actually last week, they lost against Cardinal Sins, nice team, 6-4. to four, And currently this week, they're also losing to Tennessee Dodgers, 9 to nothing. So they're going to blown out. What is up in my teams? A couple more weeks, and then, yeah, they start the postseason. If they're in the postseason. All right. Call him Poppy. So currently right now, they are 11-7. and seven. So no draws. Yeah, no draws. All right. Last week, they beat uh, Sue's superb team 5-4. to four. And this week, they are or they're beating Snickerdoodles four to three, so pretty good. Like Brian Snickered, the Braze uh, manager. Yeah, that's kind of yeah, that's that's original. That is yeah, Snickerdoodles. Yeah, those are my favorite cookies. Yeah, especially on the holidays. That's yeah, I love I do love Snickerdoodles. That's my favorite cookie. They're so cinnamon and so good. Yeah. All right. We'll go to break and then wrap it up with a serious look ahead to the Tampa Bay Ray series and final thoughts if we have any. All right, we are back to wrap up the show with a series look ahead to Tampa Bay. Here they come into town. The best wild card team right now in the in the American League right now. All right. So, ooh, another Apple. I thought the next Apple TV series wasn't until uh um, yeah, on the 23rd against the Yankees in New York, huh? We had another Apple TV game, huh? Well, I better let my parents know. It's a little fine. <laughs> what is it you doing on MLB TV? It's on Apple TV. Good Lord. <laughs> All right, so anyway, so Friday's game or tomorrow's game, well, actually today, that game is going to be on Apple TV, as I said. Um, 6-10 Central Time, um, 7-10 Eastern Time for most of our fan base. Michael Walker versus... Uh, J or JT uh, charges charges huh. be an opener I don't know all right Walker he's eight and one with a two point twenty eight ERA um last time he pitched was I believe, or on Saturday against the Baltimore Orioles yes five point two innings gave up four hits surrendered zero runs walked a person struck out four though but got the win in that outing last time the Red Sox did win a game. From Iowa City, huh? I did not know that. I didn't know he was an Iowan. Right. JT uh, Charge or Chargas. He is 0 and 1 with a 1 or 0.0. All right. This must be an opener or something like that. All right. Last time he pitched. I knew it. It was a relief outing. Huh. So was on uh Wednesday against the Angels. He gave up a hit. He pitched an inning, gave up a hit. Surrendered no runs, did walk a person, struck out one, but got the win in that outing. I knew it. Jesus Christ, I hate when they do the opener. <laughs> All right, so Saturday's game, 310 uh, Central Time, um, 410 Eastern Time for most of our fan base. Rich Hill versus uh, former Red Sox uh, 
Jeffrey or uh, Jeffrey Springs. All right. Rich Hill, he is 5 and 5. Milton Mass native, uh, 4.68 ERA. Last time he pitched was, come on, come on. All right. Was on. Yeah, uh, it was a, or it was on a Wednesday last Wednesday against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, he pitched uh, or uh, pitched five innings, gave up three hits, surrendered two runs, uh, walked nobody, struck out four, and got the win in that outing. All right, anyway, Richie Hill. All right, then Jeffrey Springs. He is six and three with a two point forty six ERA. Last time he pitched. All right. Yeah, North Carolinian. Huh. All right. Was on Monday against the Angels. 5.2 innings. Gave up five hits. Surrendered a run. Three three walks. Seven strikeouts. And got the win in that outing. All right. All right. And then Sunday, a 12.35 Central Time start. And then 1.35 Central Time or Eastern Time start for everybody else. Nick Pavetta versus Corey Kluber. Pavetta is 9-9 with a 4.24 ERA. Last time he pitched was on Sunday on that Little League World Series Classic game. Yes. All right. 5.2 innings. Gave up six hits. Surrendered two runs. Did walk a person, but struck out nine, but got a no decision in that outing. Nicky smooches. Corey Kluber, he's 8-7 with a 4.20 ERA. Last time he pitched. Gamma. <laughs> All right. All right. So it was on Tuesday against the Angels. Six innings. Gave up five hits. Surrendered a run. Did not walk a single person. Struck out three and got the win in that outing. All right. So that is it for your series. Look ahead, at least the serious part. Now let's look at what the weather's going to be like in old Boston, Massachusetts this weekend. <clears throat> All right, here we are. All right. Wait a minute. Yeah, it doesn't pull. Got to refresh those. All right. Friday night. Ooh. Scattered thunderstorms during the evening. Then become clear overnight. 60 or 68 degrees. 10 to 5 or 10 to 20 mile per hour and 60% chance of rain. Don't hold your breath, folks. Don't hold your breath, folks. I feel like they'll find a way of getting this game in. I don't think they'll play doubleheader. I really feel like. When's the last time we ever had a game rained out this year? Oh, yeah, it was opening day. Yeah, it was supposed to be on that Thursday on opening day, but then it got rained out, and then they made it up on the next day on Friday. That's the only time that a Red Sox game has been rained out. That's nuts. There's there's something wrong there. All right, Saturday, or uh, Saturday or Saturday afternoon, seventy seven degrees, um, partly cloudy skies, ten to 12, ten to fifteen mile per hour winds, and a seven percent chance of rain. Or at least that game will get played. And then sun, oh, yeah, no, oh, yeah. All right, stop it, ads. Oh, I do see Poppy. It's that direct T. Oh, never mind. Yeah, don't get yeah, nobody else. All right. All right. Sunday, 77 degrees, partly cloudy skies, um, 10 to 15 mile per hour winds, and an 8% chance of rain. All right. 
At least, yeah. I hope to God. I, I just kind of hope to God. I mean, not. This is how bad this season has become. If we're praying for a rained out game, we're praying for a rained out game to happen. That's how bad the season has become. We're already praying that tomorrow night's game will get postponed. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Don't hold your breath. They'll find a way of, yeah, some miracle like the storm will move away. Yeah, the storm will move away. Sorry, folks. Gotta suck it up and play. <laughs> Well, sometimes you gotta do have to suck it up and play, but still. Yeah. Anyway. So final thoughts, that's what I'm kinda getting at. I'm kinda I wanna kinda tell a little bit something before we wrap up. It's from a TV series or mini series that I used to watch when I was younger, kinda like in elementary school. You might know this, it's called Band of Brothers. So there's an episode where they're trying to take uh it's during the Battle of the Bulge. Um, during World War II, um, Easy Company and the 101st are trying to take the town of Foy. Like, they're trying to regain all the ground that was lost during the Battle of the Bulge to the German offensive. So they're going <clears throat> so they're just doing their counteroffensive to retake all the land that was lost during those uh, few weeks of the first week of the Battle of the Bulge, first few weeks of the Battle of the Bulge. And they had to take this town called Foy, which is near Bastogne. So they get into the woods, they're like miles or a few miles away from the town of Foy where the Germans are hiding out and stuff like that. So they make, they make their uh, positions and like start digging in. And then that's where the German artillery starts coming in and they all die for cover and stuff like that. So where I'm getting at, like the episode I'm talking about is called the breaking point. And after the second barrage was basically like, um, Buck Compton, one of the NCOs, he gets out of the, out of his foxhole after the barrage and he sees uh, both Bill Garnier and uh, Joe Toy down on the ground, basically with all their legs blown off and stuff like that, and unconscious. And he just starts losing it, kind of deal. And he shouts medic and stuff like that, and like really shouts like medic! Like he really breaks down to the point where this is the guy that was up upbeat and just felt like, hey, everything's going good until like he got wounded in Holland. And then after that, and, then, and that was the breaking point. After seeing both Garnier and Joe Toy, both soldiers that like uh, or both uh, soldiers that he really did admire and stuff like that, just on the ground, and just just basically just blown to bits and stuff like that. At least their legs were blown up, blown to bits. But and that's where he kind of starts losing it. He just wasn't the same afterwards. After he does kind of eventually recover and get back to his normal life and stuff like that. But after that, he was. Kind of like they kind of took him off the line permanently, and yeah, he just wasn't the same. I mean, it did take a while for him to recover, but yeah. And that's what I'm trying to say is that was kind of like watching that series was kind of like that moment. Just seeing us just make mistake after mistake after every kind of like, especially tonight's game, where I basically was about ready to shout after the ninth inning where you had the bases loaded nobody out and you had a chance to walk it off right there and you just ground out and do a double play and then afterwards just lose in the 10th inning that was where i feel like that's officially where i decided this season is over this is the breaking point 
this is where I broke down and well, I didn't really break down and cry, but this is where I thought it's over. This season mentally and frivolically is over. Unless if some miracle happens or we go on a nine game win streak or something like that, something like core firing up the boys and stuff like that and saying, Hey, let's get our shit together because this is an unacceptable baseball. This is unacceptable baseball. We are a better team than this. We are fearlessly a better team than this. And we're just not showing it. We're better than the Yankees. We're better than the Blue Jays. We're better than the Orioles. We're better than the Rays. It's just a shame that we're just losing game after game after series after series to these teams that really shouldn't I feel like Fear Lugly came competing the postseason. It's just, I'm just ready to throw up the white flag of surrender right now. I'm ready to throw it up and just move on the 2023. And hopefully, maybe Bogarts will be back. Maybe JD. I don't know. He probably might not be back. They're thinking maybe Evoldi. He might try to take, knowing that he's big to on the qualifying author and stuff like that. Maybe Paxton, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention this on the podcast too. Paxton's gone for the year. He tore his, uh, hold on. I gotta see this. We got time, I mean, seriously. James Paxton. James Paxton. He did, he tore something and now he's going to be out for James Paxton. Here we are. He had a grade two tear in his lat. This is from a or a Pete Abraham or Pete Abraham of the Boston Globe. Yeah, he's done. He's done for the year. Yeah. He does have a both a team and player option for twenty twenty three, but I don't know. I could see him maybe if this is a player option, maybe trying to come back and maybe prove, hey, I am worth the $13 million or something, how many million dollars you guys gave me for that option. I'm going to try to prove it and try to get better and try to prove that this was not a mistake. And it really is a shame because I really want to see big Maple pitch, knowing that that was really one of the big pitcher signings that I was really excited that we got kind of deal this offseason right before the lockout. That's why I was kind of hoping. That was what I was really excited about. Now, we don't, we don't get to see him, at least for this year. Maybe not all. Depends what happens this offseason. What if he does come back? Hopefully that's another uh, rotation arm you have. I don't know. Just like Bill Belichick, we're on the Cincinnati. Guess what? We're on the 2023. I'll still watch the Red Sox, I mean, and listen to them too, as we said, because we still got to record a podcast and stuff like that. And we still got to find, have something to talk about during the game. We got to find something to talk about. So, yeah. So, so, so I mean, I'm one of those fans, no matter what, oh, and 162 or something like that, or just one of the worst seasons ever, I'm still going to show up to or still going to show up and listen or watch a Red Sox game. Or so, like, if I get a chance to come to a Red Sox game. I'm still going to be a Red Sox team fan no matter what. Till basically the day I die, kind of deal. I mean, 
That's what I mean. It's like that meme of those of the two old people that basically one older couple is or one or the older uh male is basically holding the umbrella for uh and still looks pretty mad at uh his spouse and it does read just because I'm mad at you doesn't mean I love you. That's the same thing about the Red Sox. Just because I'm mad you guys are mad at the Red Sox team doesn't mean I still love the team. And that's why I am kind of mad because I really feel like this team could do better and you want all of them to succeed and succeed and stuff like that. You want guys like Trevor Story, Xander Bogarts, Raphael Devers, JD, Nathan Avoli, Jaron Durant, all those guys, etc., to succeed. Like I said, we're on the we're on the 2023. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for this opportunity to share. Keep doing what I love. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple iTunes. Give us a five-star review if you can. Follow the show on Twitter at red underscore charter. Follow the show on TikTok at on or at lowercase socks Illinois. Then follow the show on Instagram, also at lowercase socks Illinois. Also, like the show on Facebook, the Red Sox Nation, the Illinois Charter. Then follow the show on Spotify, Apple, and Google. All right. I should probably investigate and see if we're still on Apple. I'm, I'm not sure. But for now, just to be safe, just go to Spotify and Google. We might be here for the longest episode of this show. Theoretically, I might have to check. I mean, we could theoretically. I know the last one was basically the Yankees uh, recap and the Blue Jay or Rays recap right before the. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The, that's when I went down to Florida. Yeah, that's when I went down. Because we had to bunch all that together because I didn't have time to like do an actual Yankees recap. So I just bunched two series together kind of deal. So maybe we might be in the running for the longest episode ever. Yeah. All right. With that being said, I believe that will about do it. All right. See you guys Sunday. Bunyana.